Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Being Trans. You know what this is. This is day five of 100. It's sometimes very difficult to, to get this all where I want to be, what I'm thinking. I spent a few hours trying to figure out what I wanted to share is some something that makes me thankful and something I'm very happy about and something that I consider to be a solid blessing in my life. And I, I started looking through the photos and I realized I talked about um I've talked about a number of things that I'm so very thankful for. And I came to time to talk about something that I think a lot of people might not know about our family. We've had a lot of struggles. We've had a lot of challenges. And not all of them are just trans issues. All of them are issues that almost anybody who exists has this type of an issue. It doesn't just have to be one type of person. And one of the things that we've we've done, meaning when when we left the violence, we ended up as a whole new family. And there was only four of us now, where there used to be quite a bit more of us. Um, and we used to talk, and we used to do things together. We used to smile and laugh and goof off and have fun as a family. In the end, it it ended up that that didn't exist. It was just an illusion. And so when we left, we had to restart all that over. We had to find out who we were as a family, and that can be very difficult. And if you've never had to experience it, I don't wish it on you. But sometimes starting over is a good thing. You may not think it is, but when you're surrounded by such negativity, such horrific things that happen to you, restarting can be the biggest blessing of them all. And it turned out to be that way for our family. Um, and I'll explain why. Just uh, bear with me as I try to put this together. Um, because it's it's kind of hard to express what took place without really attacking the other individual. And I don't want to do that. Um, and I wish them all the best in their future. But we had to start over. We had to find out who we were as a family and find out how we worked together as a family unit. How did we relate to each other? How could we make our lives better? Because sometimes that's a very difficult thing to ask. I mean, imagine that everything you have is turned upside down and you're looking at the, the future and you don't know where it's going to go. I've had to do this a number of times. Not fun, I'll tell you that much. And when I came to this issue, I really didn't want to do it. I didn't want to have to start over. I don't think anybody ever wants to. But I did. So, it took us a number of months as a family 
to really gel again. To find where that happiness was. Because for a number of months, we had to let the reality sink in. That once what what once was is no more and will never be again. And I think my kids faced something that they needed to face in themselves. And that is, who are they? And how can they be better people? So we sat there and we went through so many things in our in those first six months after walking away. And we turned around one day and I noticed I had three children who had started to look after themselves in such a way that they were there for each other. Now sometimes and I and I have to admit this is this is prevalent in almost every family that has children. It doesn't matter what the age difference is. At some point they're going to be angry with each other. At some point they're going to be cranky. But at that same time you also learn who they are deep down inside. And I've seen that through my kids a couple of times. Whether or not they see it is a whole nother issue. Um, I can almost guarantee one of them wants to shoot the other one at some points. He doesn't love me. He doesn't do this for me. He's not there for me. Whoa, my life. I just, you know, I just want him to be nice to me. Wait, 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 what? what's going on here? And you dissect it. You go, hey, wait, 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 wait. Do you remember when? And they go, yeah. And you go, was that person there for you? Yeah. So is this just a sort of a, I want some room under my wings away from my siblings? And you don't know how to take that? Yeah. Okay. So is it necessarily a bad thing? Yeah. And so you sit there and you have to work through it with them. But then there's these magic moments. And one of them happened last year. And I, and I come back to it because I think my kids need to look back over things that have happened for them to be able to look forward again. And this took place. Believe it or not, it took place. Um, <laughs> we were at a jiu-jitsu tournament. My kids love jiu-jitsu. And I can't say enough about it myself. I wish I could participate, but I am falling apart in the worst kinds of ways. My knees don't work the way they should anymore. And my chronic pain is more than a problem. But my young, my oldest son, who's at home, like we said, he's not my oldest, but he's my oldest at home. So we'll just go with that. Placed fifth. Okay. Now, to him, he thought that was the worst thing in the world. Because he didn't, he thought, he really thought he could have done better. He really thought that he deserved more. 
And so we had to have a conversation about the word deserve and the conversation around did you give it your all? And my son came back and said, yeah, I gave it everything I could. I couldn't give any more. They were just so much better. And I said, it's right there. There's your answer, bud. And he goes, what? And I said, they were so much better than you. It doesn't mean that you lost because you were bad. It means they were better. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. That means you're up with these champions. And you're a champion too. You're number five. That's not last. And he goes, yeah, it is. It's last. And I said, you beat somebody. Oh, yeah, I did. And you know what? What? A whole bunch of other people never showed up for this tournament. And he goes, yeah. And I said, and I named off a few from various clubs that we have worked with and people that we've known that are also in the in jujitsu. And I said, they show up? And he goes, no. And I said, so if they didn't show up, who's better than them? Those guys. <laughs> I said, you're in those guys. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I am. I did show up. They didn't. So I beat them. And I said, that's right. You beat all the people that didn't show up, didn't even bother to take the risk to put their neck out and say, I can do this. When we found out so clearly that they weren't ready for this. And that really changed something in my son. We became able to talk about winning and losing in a different light. Now, we've talked about the how I, I work with my children and how we have conversations and such like that and how open I am with them. Now, sorry, I'm doing some cleaning as I'm doing this podcast. That's why my headset's on again and not using the blue mic. Um, something else happened during this tournament. And sometimes as a parent, you know you're getting it spot on. Spot on, meaning you know, you're know you right there. Everything is working perfect for you. You know as a parent you're doing it and that your kids are getting it. And this is a very, very cool part of being a parent. So I'm sitting there. And I love Hezekiah, Gabriel, and Neve so very much. I'm sitting there, and Hezekiah gets first place. In his division, he gets first place. And I am over the moon, and so is a lot of people. And I'm going to introduce you to them as things get moving, just so you know who they are and how they fit in our life. But it was over the moon, and we all just sort of like, yeah! And I was able to get a photo of my son, the oldest son, giving the youngest son a hug of congratulations, love, and compassion. And the look from the oldest one to the youngest one will forever burn in my memory. Because it was the big brother who stepped up to the plate, lined up, 
hit that ball as hard as he could and shot it right out of the park. Because at that moment, the youngest son looked at his brother and knew that despite all the crap that the big one likes to throw around and be a little heavy on the rolls and be a little more outgoing because he's, you know, quite a few years older. He's four years older than Hezekiah, and Gable can be a little bit rougher. But it was at that moment that Hezekiah was able to see through all the bravado, the bullshit that Gabriel likes to give him, and see that his brother loved him. And that's a big, huge blessing. It's monstrous when you as a parent can see that your kids love each other. And have compassion. And I'm so very thankful for that. And I, right now I've got a daughter who is having a little bit of an issue with that too. And I've found something for her too. And I have this photo where the two of them, Gabriel and Neve, have, and you can see the love that Gabriel has for his sister. And I've got photos of, I mean, I I take photos like crazy. Um, and this is something that's so very, very important for all of us as parents. Um, take photos of your kids. Even when they're not, when they're just sitting there, take photos. The worst thing that can happen is you hate the photo, but it shows a piece of memory. The best thing that can happen is you can find a jewel like I did. In searching for today's photo and reason to be thankful, number five of 100. You know, you can be doing this with me too. I don't need to see it. I don't need to hear it. But you can do it and you can bring a little bit of light into the world. Maybe a little bit of happiness. Maybe a little bit of wisdom. Give me a second. I got to take my pills. Why do I do this every time we get on a conversation? You might be asking yourself that. Well, I don't care who you are in the world. You take pills at some point in your life. And unfortunately, I do. I take pills, which are my HRT, which changed changed my life for the better by so much. And I, I just am so happy. For so many reasons. So many things have gone so much better for us. And as a family, we four have changed so much. And it is quite lovely and quite beautiful. Um, I wish all of you this opportunity. I wish you the best there is. I wish you everything that you deserve as a person, as a parent. We're going to take a break. I want you to grab a drink, come back. We've got some things to talk about. And I hope that we can both grow from it. So, we'll be back. Wow, thanks for returning. So I said we had some things to talk about. 
Now, first things first, I need to get it off of my newsfeed. Oh, because I've been wanting to talk about this for a very long time. And there's a couple of things that have happened, and I, I, I think that by continually bringing some of this stuff up to you, maybe if you catch one of my podcasts that are um, a few months or even a year into it and you bump into a certain point and you listen from this point forward, you'll have some information that I might have said a couple of times. But what I want to do is express something that's happened here in Australia, and it was really good. Um, Right now, we have a liberal government, and that liberal government is similar to what Americans have in the Republicans. I mean, hell, we have a prime minister that kisses Trump's ass. So that tells you a lot. Um, And we don't like Trump here in Australia for the most part. (laughs) Yeah, people really don't like him. Um, And here we have a prime minister that can't seem to get his head out of his own to realize that the people that he's supposed to be working with and leading don't like um, one of his friends. But yet he's too happy to celebrate him. So, but let's get off to something else. He was, we've been having issues with a thing called the Religious Freedom Bill. We are so embattled into this. And we're fighting so that it doesn't come to fruition. Because we really believe it's going to tear our country apart. It's going to give people the right to hate others. And we don't want that here in Australia. We're not that type of a country. And one of the most amazing individuals, and I have to give her credit where credit is due. Her name is Michelle Telfer. And I was going to try and bring this up a few um, posts ago, uh, podcasts ago, but everything just didn't go the way I wanted it to. So we put it on the back burner, and I've got it sitting here. Now, Michelle Tolfer is a amazing athlete who, okay, became a doctor. And she did more than that. She became a pediatrician. She became a pediatrician. Someone that takes care of children. And this is so amazing. That she became this. Because she not only stepped up even more. Okay. Former Olympian. To a pediatrician. Now to the head of a you know the head of Australia's largest children's gender clinic okay and this means that she works with children that are that are having issues around a plus b doesn't equal c okay and parents come to her at the worst times this isn't like i think my children no they're like trying to save their child's life they are trying they are very desperate when they get to this level and this amazing woman has been doing all she can to save lives and here recently the health minister of australia who's also one of these right wing jackasses um minister uh greg hunt okay 
he listened to the Australian Christian lobby. Should we say he took money from the Australian Christian lobby? Okay. And other groups that lobbied him. So I guarantee you his wallet is a little bit faster, fatter for listening to these people. Because really there was no reason for them to come up to him. And one of them was the uh, the uh, Rupert Murdoch. Okay, And Rupert Murdoch owns a lot of newspapers throughout the world. But he is so anti-trans it's not even funny. He's even downright anti-LGBT. Though the man oh, – it'll be good when he leaves. Um, <laughs> excuse my French. Um, but there's so many that fall right behind him, so it's almost the be better the devil you know in him. But they started to push this health minister and to call for a review of how health care is managed for the trans community. Now, I brought this up a while ago, but we didn't have – the the whole thing that that happened around this now and i have to give the um the the college of physicians here in australia big brownie points because they really took the time to step up to the game I mean, they really did. They stood up to Mr. Greg Hunt. Okay. Now, when they stood up, they did something so powerful. And what they said was basically hands off the children. Hands off the children. The Royal Australian, uh, well, the Royal Australasian College of Physicians basically told him, back the fuck up, mate. And they came out and said, our goal is to improve the child's mental health. They realized that so many children are suicidal. And they're trying to save lives. I mean, I could happily live my life and not do these podcasts, not talk to doctors, not um, go to schools, not to do so many different things. I could happily sit here and just take care of my kids. But the problem is, is I'm trying to save lives too. I know what it's like to lose a child. I know what it's like to have a child who's also suicidal and is a different child. I know what the struggle was to get that child back to feeling good about themselves. And I constantly make sure that I work with that child even to this day because I'd never want to lose two children. I am still hurt. At the loss of one. 
And that is so very difficult for people that have never experienced it. Losing a child can destroy a family. It very much can destroy a family. And if you're not 100% sure how that can look, I want you to take the time and look up a film called The Black Balloon. It has Nicole Kidman in it. Um, and I don't, and despite how you feel about Nicole Kidman, I think that if you take the time and watch this film, you'll become a little enlightened, a little more enlightened into what it's like to lose a child. And if you have lost a child, I feel for you and my heart goes out to you. But gender dysphoria, the connection, the lack of connection between our brain and our body, those of us that are transgender or gender variant or gender questioning, is very real. And if people aren't listening, lives are being lost. And that's where we come up to the issue of right around 41%. That's scary. And I bet you could probably bump that up to 50% for people that don't talk about it. Now, I talk about it because I stood there and I did try several times. And it was very difficult when you're a child and no one listens to you. And here is a clinic, the Royal Children's Hospital gender clinic, okay, at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, that have been working with um, children and families to try and save lives. This article that is written about her, I really can't do it justice. I really cannot. And I cannot tell you how much um, is said in so many words and the good work this fantastic woman has done. And I have to say a huge thank you to the College of Physicians who stood up, backed up, and broke a minister's nose. By saying, hey, get your hands off the children. Because for once, for once, we have someone standing up for science, for medical health, for mental health, and protecting the transgender community. It would be lovely to see that happen in America and not to kowtow to their fears or their greed about the money of where they get to. I have to give it to these people for standing up and backing up and breaking some noses. I'll share this link in the description about Michelle and all that she's done. Or Dr. Telfer. <laughs> I love that. Dr. Michelle Telfer. This is probably what I should have said the whole time. But I have a huge amount of respect for this lovely person. I'm very thankful for all that she's done. Um, I, I've had the, the, the um, 
the privilege to talk to so many doctors who give a damn about the transgender community. I've had the opportunity to meet so many um, uh, amazing caring healthcare professionals around it as well. And it, it means so very, very much to all of us in my community that these people exist. So next, I want you to take another break. Come on back. We're going to have another part because there's going to be a few of them. Sorry, I'm trying to clean out the, the – my desk is absolutely full of stuff that I've been trying to bring out and have a conversation about. So um, please go away. Come back. Um, I have some good news that um, – in merely introducing this this next person to you, um, but with that comes a bit of sad news. Okay, so please do me a favor. Take a break. Take a deep breath. Look at the description. Open up the thing so you can read it later, and we'll come back with the next part. Thanks for returning. Um, I just want to start talking a little bit about a contact that I have um, and I have a huge amount of respect for um, because we've we've had some amazing conversations on um, trans health care. And being that I still talk about that, I still it is still a major part of my life and trying to help others. I really am thankful for this individual and all the research that he has done on his time as a doctor. Um, I've shared a little bit about him in the past, and I will um, I will endeavor to share his. Um, Facebook uh, profile, I guess. Oh, no, he has a website, so I'll share his website. and that, That's a little bit better, so you can go take a look at his website. But his name is Dr. William Powers, and I have a lot of respect for Dr. Powers um, simply because I, I got to hear his, um, his very, very long YouTube um, – presentation on trans healthcare. And if you are following me on YouTube, you can find the links there in the description um, under trans resources, I think, or trans transgender resources or something. I have it there. You can find it. Um, amongst all my other goofy links, I am not sh shy of sharing things on my YouTube. Um, but you can find it and, um, yeah, I'm sure that you'll enjoy it. If, uh, if not, I'll still put the link down in the description. But Dr. Powers was one of the first people, beside my own doctor, who really uh, started saying, hey, people, this shit's serious, talking about COVID-19 several months ago, several months ago, and said, we need to keep an eye on this. And when he first started saying, get some masks, 
get some protection. Get some hand sanitizer. He was saying it well and truly before anybody else. Granted, I don't think I took him as seriously as I should have. I should have bought more masks. Because all mine are gone. Um, and that that's the way it goes. You know, you... You know, these things don't last forever. But thanks to Dr. Powers, at least I was alerted. And I put out, as soon as he told me, I put out for others. I listened to everything you said, and it was really, really important. Now, Dr. Powers, besides being an absolute amazing advocate for the, for the transgender community um, and making sure that in his area that um, the trans community can come to him for medical help. He has really been out there and in, he's also on the forefront of pushing hard to try and save lives during the um, COVID-19 outbreak. He's risking his family. He's risking his life. Um, to help others. And to me, that is an amazing individual. And I just wanted to give a shout out to him on my podcast and say thank you. But I also want to say that despite him being who he is and his family listens to him, he lost one of his family members. She came down with it and within 24 hours she was dead. That's how fast this virus can kill. If everything lines up and you have the right problems, yeah, she was dead within 24 hours. And it's very sad, and I feel for his family. I really, really do. Um, because it was his great aunt who reminded him so much of his grandmother. And, you know, to anybody that's lost something, like lost somebody very, very close, it's very difficult. To, you know, you don't have that person in your life anymore. So um, I wish him all the best. Um, please, seriously, you know, this is a doctor who took it serious enough to start warning people well and truly before it became a national health crisis in America. He did everything he could as a doctor to warn people. I've, his, his kindness really shines through on who he is as a person and I cannot say enough about him. I'm very blessed to know quite a few doctors and healthcare professionals that are like this, including my friend at Attitude Counseling. So um, it, it may be hard to grasp that, but I'm telling the, the best I can for you. If I can't get 40 doctors to sit in a room together for a lecture on transgender health care, that means they're taking this so very, very serious, and you need to as well. Um, carrying on with this part of the conversation, um, the World Health Organization. Now, it's getting kicked in the guts by a lot of governments thanks to Donald Trump. This is how – this is something very, very serious. 
Donald Trump didn't pay attention to what was going on um, with his health crisis and then, as a diversion, shoved it over to the WHO and has blamed them and removed funding from them, which makes no sense whatsoever. But now other governments are following suit because, you know, if it's good for Trump, it's good for them, right? Let's attack a centralized body who is trying to save lives all over the world and alert us all of something that's been going on. These guys are extremely important. And they bring together the information and disseminate that information. And when you start attacking them for that information, just because one individual was trying to hide that he's incompetent, there's some serious problems here. And we need to call it out on the carpet for what it is. And the WHO has done their, is doing their best in a crisis that is a pandemic worldwide. One of the things, and I'm going to link the article that is um, that is talking about this um, issue, is that they have come out and said there is no evidence of virus immunity in recovered patients. Let me repeat that again. This is something that you need to get through to your head. There is no evidence of virus immunity in recovered patients. You might not quite understand what that means, so I'll put that a little bit into layman's terms. It makes it harder to find a vaccine that survives, that works. The reason for it is, is that means that this virus is smarter than your immune system. So you could catch it like you have, we've caught chicken pox. You're not going to catch chicken pox again. Okay. Nine times out of, you know, there's like a 99% chance you'll never catch it again. So slim that you could catch it again. And but this virus is saying, bitch, <laughs> I am that one percent and I've got balls of steel. You know, it, it really has um, no care whatsoever that you've had this virus. So that that's something that um, people need to be aware of. They need to realize that just because you've caught this virus doesn't mean you can't catch it again. In fact, they're saying quite the opposite. That you could catch it again. And I hypothesize that if you do catch it again, it'll be worse the second time than the first time. And they also talk about... Um, the different versions of the virus. 
in this report. So I'll also put that in the description. I highly recommend that you read this. I also say that you need to stand up for the World Health Organization. These guys do an amazing amount of good. And if you keep chopping at their funding, you keep chopping at their knees because one man, one man, one lying sack of shit, Donald Trump, who used a way to have people divert their attention to another organization, which he does a lot in his press conferences. If he doesn't like the reporter, if he doesn't like how they're asking, he goes on the attack of them. Well, he doesn't like the fact that the world is looking at him as being an incompetent buffoon. So he's attacking the World Health Organization. And Australia needs to stop it too. We cannot follow suit with this. Um, I'm all for the idea of making sure that we have an independent body that is collected of um, of all the countries that can look at this and say, hey, you know, this group is doing the best they can. But at the same time, uh, I think that that can be very problematic. Right now, they need to stay uh, aside from everybody, and we can say that exists here in Australia as well. You know, you had the health minister of Australia asking for a review of transgender health care. And it took somebody like the Australian Physicians College to stand up to him and say, yo, back off, buddy. Leave our children alone. It means a lot. And they are the oversight. They're saying, hey, check this stuff out. And these guys are also saying something that we need, that I've been saying, and I say it a lot. We cannot continue to pick and choose which science we're going to believe in. The World Health Organization says that a lot as well. We cannot continue to pick and choose which science we're going to believe in. We don't have that luxury. We don't have that right to do that. So, as I've said, take a look at these articles that I'm putting up. Um, please also go to Dr. Powers' um, site. He is an amazing individual. Um, take a look at his um uh, video which I will link from my um, my YouTube and take some time it's a rather long video I will give you a warning about Dr. Powers he is a bit long-winded but he spills out a crap load of information the average person in the first 30 to 35 maybe 30 to 40 minutes right around there is probably where you're probably going to hit your overload moment if you can stand to watch the whole thing, I think you're going to learn quite a bit. So uh, follow the links, take the time, and enjoy. I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow for number six of 100. We'll talk to you later. Bye now.